0: Welcome to Authors Access. This is Irene Watson. I'm the Managing Editor of Reader Views, and I'm based in Austin, Texas.
1: Good evening. I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can hear us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on this station. Today's topic is... Getting the perfect book cover for your book and our special guest who will be joining us this hour is Michelle DiFilippo of 1106design.com. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Now, before we get started this evening, I would like to remind all our listeners that Reader Views and Loving Healing Press are sponsoring a short story writing contest. Send us your true story of a transformational event in your life, and it could appear in our upcoming anthology of stories. The deadline is coming up quickly, just you have until February 1st, 2007. For more details, go to www.readerviews.com and click on Literary Contest on the far right sidebar. Another announcement beginning on the week of February 19th, our podcasts will be heard on a new radio station, AuthorsView.com. Please check our website for updates in the coming weeks. Now tonight, we're on the line with Michelle DiFilippo of 1106design.com. She's going to be sharing with us key information about how to get the perfect book cover for your book, including uh, finding a cover designer, key elements of your proposal, how much to pay for your layouts, and what you need to provide the designer to get the book cover of your dreams. Now, Michelle owns 1106 Design, as I mentioned, which is an award-winning one-stop shop for writing, editing, eye-catching cover design, and beautifully designed and typeset interiors that make a book stand out from the crowd. 1106 Design offers careful proofreading, fast turnaround, and top-notch customer service, with a smile, it's publishers large and small. As a member of the Arizona Book Publishing Association, Michelle has actively shared her knowledge and experience with many first-time publishers, explaining the critical differences between choices that can help or hurt your book. And now we're going to this week's special guest, Michelle DiFilippo. Hello, Michelle.
2: Hello, Victor. Hello, Irene. Hi. Thank you very much for having me on your show tonight. I I appreciate this opportunity to speak to your listeners and hopefully give them some pointers on how to find the perfect cover designer for their book and also talk a little bit about what to expect in the design process once they do find someone to work with. If there's one emotion I hear expressed over and over again by my clients, it's that they feel very unsure of themselves when they begin to look for a cover designer. Most of my clients are already experts in their field, and they're very passionate about what they're writing about. But then all of a sudden, when the writing's done, they find that they are plunged into this very unfamiliar territory of um, of having to find a cover designer and a printer and an editor and all kinds of things, including a typesetter. So the first thing I would like to do is reassure people that, The cover designer is on your side. We understand where you're coming from. We know this process is not familiar to you, and we would like to help you. That's what we're here for. Um, We do this every day. We're more than willing to help you and answer all of your questions as we go along. Uh, As we all know, the book cover is very, very important to the success of your book, Uh, It's not the only element necessary to succeed in publishing. Uh, Of course, you first have to have a good book, and you have to have a solid marketing plan to sell the book. But the cover is your package, and as such, it's the only way for the buyer to judge your book. People do judge a book by its cover because it's the only thing they can do. They are not familiar with the content yet. In just a few seconds, the cover sends a subliminal message to the buyer That hopefully establishes the credibility of your book, but if the cover is designed poorly, the opposite message can be sent, that the content is not interesting or not credible. So this evening, I hope to touch on how to go about finding a designer, the key elements to look for in any book design proposal you may receive, and then once you receive these proposals, how to evaluate the qualifications of the designer so that you make the best choice for your book. Um, Another thing I'd like to talk about is what the cover designer will need from you in order to create the most effective designs. We we need as much information as you can give us about your book so that we know which direction to go in. There are lots of different ways to design a cover, and we want to do what you like and what's appropriate from the very beginning. We'll also talk a little bit about how to evaluate the designs that that are presented to you how to choose the right one, and whether or not you should request changes to the designs that are presented to you. The back cover and the spine of the book are also very important. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then we'll we'll touch a bit, if we have time, on whether or not it's necessary to include some of the available special printing techniques, such as foil and embossing, on your cover That's a lot of territory to cover. It looks like we have our work cut out for us this evening. So with that, Victor and Irene, I will send it back
0: to you. Gosh, uh, you are so right. We're going to uh, have to cover a lot here in a short period of time, but I know we can do it. I found it interesting that what you said is, you know, people do judge the book by the cover, and I believe that that is so true, although the ad says, you know, don't judge the book by its cover. So basically from that, that people do judge the book by the cover, it's very important to get something that is going to immediately attract. Now, how am I going to find somebody that I can really trust, that will hear me, that will understand what my book is about? How do I go about finding a cover designer?
2: There's a number of ways you can do that. Of course, the Internet is is at our fingertips, and that that will probably return more more, uh, cover designers than you could ever hope to interview. Uh, That's just one way. The good thing about the Internet is that it allows you to see samples of the cover designer's work, so you can judge without ever meeting them whether you think they have the style that you're looking for for your cover. Another good way to find a, de- a designer is to attend publishing group meetings if you have them available in your town, because you can sit with the designer, you can talk to them, share lunch or dinner, and chances are if you get along with them in a casual setting such as a meeting, you'll probably work together well when it comes time to do some work together. Um, An important thing to do is ask friends and colleagues in the publishing industry who they would recommend and who they would not recommend. There's nothing like a referral uh, to find out beforehand if this designer is going to be a good match or not a good match for you. One thing I should say about when you evaluate website samples, try to look through the subject matter and evaluate the underlying design skill. A qualified designer can design a book on any subject, so you shouldn't disqualify someone simply because their samples don't happen to match your subject matter. Um, And Also, another thing to be aware of is friends and relatives who claim to be artists. They're probably not qualified to design your cover. They may not understand the complexities of preparing a file for print. So, if you do want to use a friend's painting or sketch, take their artwork to a cover designer who knows how to integrate it with the typography of the title to, to give you a cover that's as best as it can be.
0: That um, you know, those are really good points, and uh, the internet is just is a world of information out there. For my own book, Michelle, what I did is I put a call out to um, an art society and explained what my book was about and asked for entries. And um, I got five, which is really neat. I was this one uh, art group and was able to pick out one uh, photo from my, or a picture, a painting for my, the cover of my book. And then the publisher went ahead and did what they needed to do. So that's another way. And But when you are working looking for someone on the internet which is is a really good way what are some of the key elements that we need to look for like do we do a proposal to them do they give us questions you know how do we communicate with that person when we finally see a website that looks like we have that we could communicate but how do we do that
2: well, the one, thing, the one thing I would suggest right off the bat is to try to narrow down uh, from all the websites that you've looked at, try to narrow down your choices to just a few designers because um, it's very hard for anybody to, to evaluate 50 des- designers. I've had some people say to me that they've sent out 50 quotes, and I just don't know who would want to uh, go through all of that uh, and try to make a choice. So Once you have narrowed down the field to a few designers who you feel are qualified, the next step would be to call them on the telephone or write them an email and request a proposal. Now The first thing your designer is going to ask you when you do that is the size of your book and the subject matter and what you have in mind for the cover. Uh, There are two basic ways to design a cover. The first is custom illustration, which is very expensive. And the second is by means of royalty-free photos, which are less expensive uh, than than illustrations. So uh, that choice right there is going to affect the price that you get from your designer. And the designer will also want to know if if you, you are going to provide artwork from a friend or a relative, because that's going to save the designer some time, and then we can give you a quote accordingly. The next thing the designer is going to want to know from you is, when do you need your books? Do you need them in time for a specific event, or is the, la- is the schedule a little bit more flexible? All of The, the answers to all of these questions uh, will help the designer to give you an accurate price.
0: When you mention uh, royalty-free photos, explain that to me.
2: Well, there are, there are millions of photos available online at uh, clip art and photography websites that uh, anyone can access, and royalty-free means that anyone can u- buy them and anyone can use them without limit. That's one kind of photo that's available. There's another category of photography available called licensed images, and with these images, they're usually a little bit better, but the photographer has not yet released the rights to use them. He wants to know how are you going to, he or she wants to know, how are you going to use this image, how many books are you going to print, how long do you expect to sell the books. And once they know that, then they will give you a price for this image accordingly. Licensed images tend to be pretty expensive. They can be anywhere from three to $500 royalty fo- fo- photos are less expensive, I would say the high end for a royal, royalty-free photo would be around $300, and then it goes down from there. Yes,
1: yeah, Michelle, I definitely agree with you on that, especially if you're looking for a particular type of human model, then you, you usually end up in the, uh, the more expensive license category. Let's talk for a minute about uh, cover concepts. How many cover concepts should I uh, have as, as a base to look at? And, and what are the things that I would ev- use as criteria for evaluating their suitability?
2: Well, designers work in different ways, of course. Uh, most designers will show at least three concepts. And, and by concepts, I mean different directions in the way that your book can be designed. Um, a concept is not just the same photo used three times with the different types of typeface um, for the title, although you know, some of the lower cost designers will do just that, a concept should be completely different directions so that you can think about which one is best for your book.
1: Right. I had another question. Um, and I know you do interior design as well. Are there particular things that you as a designer can do to harmonize the interior with the exterior of the book? Or are they really like separate animals that you uh, go at from different directions?
2: Well, it, it's kind of dangerous not to know what the cover looks like when it, when the interior is being designed. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's not that the interior has to match exactly, but, but you don't want it to conflict with the cover. I had a, an experience like that myself some years ago. Um, I had a, an, a client come to me, and they wanted the interior of their book to look like the Four Dummies series. Oh. So that's what I did, and, and um, I hadn't seen the cover. And when I got a sample book from them, the cover was just beautiful and elegant, and it showed uh, a restaurant, a high-end restaurant, table-setting, silver linen oh. napkins and all of that. <laughs> and, and if I knew that that's what the cover was going to look like, I would have told them, you know, you don't, you don't want a Four Dummies interior on this book. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. That's when I learned to to ask people what the cover looks like in those instances where I'm only designing the interior.
1: Right. I can see that would really <laughs> compromise your position and, and require a lot of embarrassing rework and stuff like that. Um, let's go back to the cover for a second. What are the key elements that go into a cover? What, what are the, the required things and, and some of the optional things that we might look for?
2: Well, there's um, the one thing I wanted to start out by saying is that a cover design looks like it's a simple thing to do, but it's really not. A, mm-hmm. cover, a book cover has to have a certain look, and it's kind of hard to describe. It's, you know it when you see it, and you know it when it's not there. So some of the elements that are required for a good cover design are a large and easily readable title. There should be good contrast between the title and the background. In other words, if the title Mm -hmm. is dark, the background should be light. And if the background is dark, then the title should be light because your book cover is often going to be seen online or in black and white. And if you don't have this kind of contrast, then it's not going to show up very well. A book cover is really a billboard. Simple is better. We want to come up with something that people can take in and understand in just a few seconds because they usually look at a book cover for only a few seconds before they make up their mind. Um, So that's another thing to consider. Sometimes authors and clients will request a lot of elements on the cover, and designers will respond that that's really not a good idea. You want the cover to be very simple. Those are the objectives criteria for any book cover. You have to have those things. Otherwise, your your cover is not going to be a success. On top of that, there's a million subjective things that can be included in a cover. If you go to the bookstore, you can see for yourself that there's an astonishing variety of covers there. And, and almost anything goes. Uh, a lot of it is depends on the taste of the designer and the taste of the author or publisher. Um, there's a lot of right ways to design a book cover. So when you see the designer's concepts, you should keep that in mind and realize that there's no such thing as a perfect cover. There's a lot of right covers and a few wrong ways to design a cover.
0: What about color, Michelle? How important is color in the cover?
2: Oh, color color is one of the primary considerations. You want to make sure that Your designer uses color to the utmost effectiveness. If you have a photo on the cover and there's a background, for instance, around that photo, the designer should pick up some of the colors in the photo so that the cover as a whole looks harmonious. Um, As a rule of thumb, designers use complementary colors opposite each other on the color wheel so that backgrounds and titles will stand out from one another. For example, blue and orange. If you have a dark blue background, the title might be orange, and so forth. Just to uh, to, to have the most contrast. And these are the things that designers study in school, and and that's why uh, we hopefully can do a good job for you.
0: So, are there any particular colors that we should use for in our covers to, let's say? attract the eye to the cover or you know we're trying to sell the book we want the people to see the book on the shelf is there a particular color in your opinion that is the color that should be used for attracting the potential reader oh
2: I no I don't think you could you can say that there's one color that should be used over any other Uh, it depends on the 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 genre of the book Um, colors uh, kind of speak their own language. I would say blues and purples tend to impart a sense of authority and royalty and religion, and reds impart danger and, and stress. Uh, that's why you'll hardly ever see a hospital with, a, with red in its logo. Mm. Um, you know, Yellows are peace and harmony. Greens stand for growth and, and renewal. So some of the color decision depends on your subject matter. If, you, if you're going to write a spiritual book, then I would go with more with the pastel colors and the greens and, and, and maybe light blues and so forth. So it's just, that's the art part of cover design. And a lot of it is dictated by the subject matter and also by the images that you're going to include on the cover.
0: So when you look at some of the cover designs that, of course, you did not do, but possibly the author did it themselves or found somebody that was inexperienced. Or, what are some of the pitfalls that you feel or the should not do that you see in the books on the shelves?
2: Well, probably the biggest problem that I can identify in cover designs is, is poor use of typography. And that, uh, that can be the case whether, whether it was done by the author or whether it was done by even a, a, a trained graphic designer who just doesn't know book covers. Um, You might find a graphic designer that is very talented when it comes to brochures and business cards and logo design, but book covers are a little bit different and and they have their own style, so to speak. I've seen covers designed by regular graphic designers that just don't look quite right. Um, The typography on a book cover is very, very important. It's, uh, It's the billboard part of the cover. And it doesn't take much but typography to be wrong. And, you know, there's good type and there's bad type, and bad type is going to hurt you
0: on your book cover. So is there a particular font that should or should not be used? Oh, no, there's, there's thousands and thousands of fonts.
2: Again, that's dictated by the subject matter. Um, my own personal opinion is that there's never a reason to use Old English. <laughs> but other than that... <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> Other than that, uh, anything goes. I mean, they're, um, people are inventing new fonts every day, and some of them are quite nice and contemporary and eye-catching because they're different. They're not usual.
1: Great. Um, in terms of the overall design, you know, Hollywood cinematographers, when they're about to shoot a new movie, will go and look at, at several movies in the genre that they're trying to do. Now, I know you need to walk a fine line between... Uh, you know, coming up with a book cover that's a cliche versus, you know, copying the accepted design. We can all think of the, uh, you know, the classic uh, bodice-ripping romance novel. Right? <laughs> how do, how do you negotiate that fine line if, if you can answer that?
2: Well, uh, we always start out by by spending some time in the bookstore or online to try to see what's being done in the in the genre, uh, because if you're if you're designing a business book it it, it has to look like other business books it can't a cover a book cover can't be so different from others in its category um, that it stands out like a sore thumb it can be unique and creative but it also needs to to fit within what people expect to see in that category for instance a history book has a certain look and a business book has a certain look and a spiritual book has a different look altogether um, textbooks have their own look, um, and that's just just part of, of, of I guess what we know in our brain <laughs> before we sit down to do the design. We just we just go in the direction that's appropriate for the subject matter.
1: Right. I guess there's some cultural memes you could say that, you know, the the brain spots this and says, aha, this is romance, this is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, book on Wall Street, et cetera, And you 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 have like a visceral reaction to it.
2: Mm-hmm. And then even with even within genres, uh, the design approach can be entirely different depending on whether we're designing a book for a new author or for someone that's very well-known and famous. Like, for instance, you'll notice that Dr. Phil and Susie Orman always have their own picture on the cover. That's because they are the product and people recognize them and they're capitalizing on that. So if we were designing a book for a professional speaker who's very well-known, we might take that approach, whereas if we're just designing a book about public speaking, then it would look more like a textbook or a how-to book so that people understand that this is a book that's going to teach me something. It's not a book about or by a famous person.
1: Great. Uh, I'd like to remind our listeners that they're listening to Authors Access, where authors get published and published Authors Get Successful. Today's topic is getting the perfect cover for your book, and our special guest this hour is Michelle DiFilippo of 1106.com. Starting the week of February 19th, our podcast will be heard on a new radio station, AuthorsView.com. Now, Michelle, I'm thinking um, if I'm going to produce a series of books, uh, how do I get a, a uniform look? But yet, not a cookie cutter approach. Suppose I have, you know, three business books on, say, an, an IT subject.
2: Mm-hmm. That would be something that your designer should know at the very beginning before the first book is designed, hopefully, um, because we could come up with a design that is going to be flexible in the future. We won't lock anything in so firmly that that if you have a longer title on your second book or a different graphic on your second book that the brand identity will be diluted. Um, probably the two ways to, to maintain that brand identity would be through the use of color from one book to the next or the use of the same typeface from one book to the next. Um, and, but it's something that, that should be talked
0: about early on in the process. So, okay, so I've got um, a, a designer that I, uh, after doing some, getting some proposals and so on, and I finally decided on what, and now I would like to know what that designer is actually going to do. What is the process that the designer goes through to create this cover for me? Well, the first thing thing we
2: do is research online to to see what images might be appropriate to help tell the story of your book. Uh, You know, that's where the inspiration comes in. We don't necessarily know what we're looking for. Sometimes we'll we'll be looking for a specific thing, and then we'll get surprised, and it'll take us in a completely different direction. So the first part of the process is when the designer comes up with three initial, three or more, depending on how they work initial concepts to just basically roughly tell the client what we're thinking. Um, These first concepts are rough. They're not necessarily complete in every detail. They're just the purpose of them is to show you our thoughts of what might be appropriate and to get your feedback so that you can tell us, gee, I like this, or no, I don't like that, and then we, we revise and refine
0: from there. What's the time period usually to do the revisions and the refining and to get to a final product from the beginning to the end?
2: Well, that that's hard to gauge. Typically, uh, you know, in our shop, we'll we'll do initial cover designs, the first three designs in 1 to 2 weeks, and then we show them to the client and it all depends on how many changes the client requests, but but generally after that those first initial concepts are done, Then it's a number of days, a
0: few days, back and forth for each round of changes after that. Okay. So we've decided on the front cover. Now we're going to the back cover. And as we all know, the first thing you do when you pick up a book, you look at the cover and then you immediately turn it over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to me, that sounds like that is actually almost just as important, if not more important, than the actual cover because once... They turn over. You've got to sell the book. So let's talk about that. What should well, go on the back cover? Well, the back
2: cover is very is probably the most precious real estate on earth. It's it's where you put your sales pitch. It's where you tell people what your book is about. Um, th- there are people who do nothing but write back cover text, and. In this instance, what you have—the back cover text has to convince the, the, the potential buyer that this is the book that they want to buy. It has to answer the one question in the buyer's mind: What's in it for me? We have to convince them that they should spend 20 or 30 or however many dollars for this book. Uh, we have to let them know that it's got the information they're looking for. The back cover text should should not be very long. Uh, You don't want to make it look like uh, there's a lot of work involved in reading it. I would suggest an opening paragraph, some bullet points, and then a closing paragraph, and then maybe an endorsement uh, from someone who's well-known in your field if you can get one. Uh, Basically, keep it brief, keep it to the point, and always have in the back of your mind that this is how you are making the sale. So you have to address the buyer's concerns, not your own concerns.
0: So how important are those endorsements?
2: Well, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Everyone seems intensely interested in them. I suppose they work because everyone uses them. Um, I would recommend putting most endorsements on the first page of the book interior unless you have someone who's well-known on the back cover. Uh, The back cover is better used for selling the book, for telling people what the book is about.
0: I've also seen endorsements on the front cover too.
2: Yeah, that's usually reserved for someone who's very famous.
0: Uh-huh. So, what about an author picture and a bio?
2: That can be included if if you're doing a hardcover with a jacket. That is usually on the the back flap. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put the author bio and a picture on the back cover again because that space is uh, best used used for your sales pitch. Uh, I would do it if the author was very very well known. That would be the only time I would do it.
1: Yeah, Michelle, um, does the choice of what goes on the back cover uh, vary depending on the trim size? Like if I'm going for 6x9 or smaller versus maybe an 8x10 or oversized book, are there trade-offs that go along with the trim size?
2: Well, yeah, because we're dealing with, with the amount of space that's, available and, and nobody likes to read very small types so if you have a smaller trim size you should write less copy than if you have a seven by ten book and there's more room.
1: Sure that makes sense. Now how about the spine? A lot of people just sort of uh, don't really get what goes on with the spine because you know only a small percentage of books are going to be face out in the bookstore no matter how many times you go back and, and turn your book face out. What are some key things that, that you can do with the spine?
2: Well, the, the, the spine is a challenge. It is very important, like you said. Uh, we, we need to catch people's eye in that very narrow space. So one technique of, of doing that is to include some, kind of, uh, some part of the cover graphic, if, if it's appropriate, um, maybe have more than one color on the spine, either in the type or in the background, anything that will catch the eye and bring attention to your book. One thing I would never do, um, and I have, there's a very well-known person in publishing who is going to disagree with me, but never, never put vertical type on the spine. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's, it's a
0: mark of self-publishing. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Well, you know, Michelle, as I'm sitting here, I'm sitting probably about five feet from my bookshelf, and as I'm glancing through here, I'm seeing a lot of black books with white writing on the spine, and you know, I'm having a hard time seeing those. Now, I'm seeing one that's yellow, and it's got black writing, and it just glares at me. Another one that's kind of a coral color with black writing, it's glaring at me. But the others that I can't see from where I'm sitting, I would just bypass, and there again, I'm looking at black spines with white writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes
2: that's all you can do if the spine is like a quarter of an inch thick.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: but generally speaking, the same rules about contrast that apply to the front cover apply to the spine. You want that type to be easy to read, and you want to put something on the spine in addition to the title if there's room. Something that will make people
1: look. Right, I understand it. If the uh, publisher or the author of self-publishing has complete control over the book, there's tricks you can do to get more spine, right? You can go for heavier weight paper, and I've actually uh, seen people do that. Uh, The most egregious examples are some of those uh, computer books that are two or two and a half inches wide on the spine. Uh, what, are there no. any particular recommendations as far as paper and, and things like that that you can make? Well,
2: if you have a small book, you can you can perhaps print on 60-pound paper instead of 50-pound paper, but that's not going to make all that much of a difference. Um, the book is as long as it is,
0: and, and you really can't do much about that. What about um, the different types of finishes? There are matte finishes, there are glossy finishes, there are metallic finishes. What do you recommend would be the best for a book?
2: Well, again, that depends on, on the subject matter. Um, it's also an economic decision based on uh, you know the number of books that you're printing. Um, a gloss varnish is probably the most common, followed by a matte varnish, which has a dull coating to it. The matte varnish tends to make the colors uh, look more subdued, and it also tends to scuff a lot easier than a gloss varnish. Some covers, you can have a combination of matte and gloss varnishes, which can be pretty handsome. You would put the gloss on the title and the matte on the background, and the combination of those two can look pretty interesting. Um, There's also the availability of foil stamping or embossing. You see that a lot on mass market paperbacks, but that's not very economical to do in small quantities. Uh, If you're printing 100,000 books, then the cost to do that... Um, can be divided over selling all of those books but if you're printing a thousand the setup cost to do foil and embossing can can be several hundred dollars and it may or may not be worth it depending on how you plan to sell your book
1: so right that's that's definitely going to be a, a big factor I, I was just thinking uh, between uh, the choice of uh, if you're setting up a book that's going to be case laminated which is to say uh, a hardcover book with the uh, cover laminated on it versus a hardcover book with a um, traditional, you know, loose flap, what kind of things come into play when you're you're choosing between those two designs?
2: Well, that, um, again, that's that's a personal choice, and, and it's got to do with the topic. I don't know. Uh, most children's, a lot of children's books are, are case laminated just because that's very durable and, and you can wipe it off and so forth. Um Most business books have a a, a jacket, and I don't know why that is, but they do, and they have what's called a three-piece case, which is a more expensive way to build the case, but it looks very elegant. Um, Those are all options that can be considered and discussed and thought about in terms of of the cost. Um, There's really no right
0: or wrong answer for that. Okay, so... Here we are. We've got the cover. We've got the back cover. We've pretty much decided what we're going to do. What is the next step?
2: I'm not sure I understand you. Okay.
0: So we've decided between the designer and myself as the author, we've decided on the cover and the back cover. And so then what is the next step for the designer? What do they produce as a final copy for me to then to take to my publisher or to self-publish? Okay, once once
2: you choose the design for the front cover and and you write the back cover text and so forth, then the next step that the designer will take is to build a digital file for printing. And that gets pretty involved because we want to make sure that the colors come out correctly and that when the file goes to the printer, they will have everything they need to do the book accurately and efficiently. Um, And that's... um, that's probably a bigger part of the job than a lot of people realize. It's, um, it's quite technical.
0: Okay. So the bottom line, Michelle, what is this going to cost me?
2: Well, you know, there's a, the cover design is like anything else. Uh, you can find uh, the work in almost any price range, but you're going to get what you pay for. Um, I would say the average cover design, uh, you could plan on spending $1,000 dollars. Probably someone who's charging much less than that uh, is either inexperienced or is just doesn't know what they're doing. Um, for a th- and $1,000 sounds like a lot of money, but there's also, you're going to be surprised at the amount of time that you spend with your cover designer. There's a lot of back and forth work involved and a lot of, of uh, consultation involved. It's not just a matter of sitting down and whipping something out in a few minutes. Uh, there's just a lot to it. And you'll want to hire a designer that knows that and is willing to spend the time to give you a really, really good cover, because it's so important to have a good cover in the marketplace. Um, If you're working with a designer who charges a higher rate, they're going to be available and accessible to you when you ask questions, and even when you ask a lot of questions. I know for a fact from talking to a few less expensive designers that they just quit, if the author decides that they want more changes than than the designer can accommodate at that low price, they just fucking quit and leave people stranded.
0: And, you know, that's really not a good thing for anybody. So you're saying then um, about $1,000 is what a per, an author can really look at to get a good cover.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that, um, that sounds fair. So, uh, Michelle, you are a designer. And uh, tell us what your website address is again. Oh, it's 1106design.com. Okay, 1106design.com. And uh, you, of course, do uh, designs of books front and back and uh, do the consulting. And uh, you also, I understand you won an award. Tell us about the award that you won. Well, a couple of, of books that we have designed uh, have
2: won uh, awards. Uh, one, uh, Two of them uh, were were mentioned in the Ippi Awards this past year, and, uh, you know, I don't have my computer turned on right now, I can't remember, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but uh, three of three of the books we've designed have, have won awards, um, either locally here at the Arizona P- Book Publishing Association or nationally at the Ippies. We haven't gotten our Ben Franklin yet, we're
0: going for that. <laughs> well, I'm sure that uh, with the work I've seen that you have done, you certainly are eligible to win that award. So, Michelle, uh, before we close, are there any last-minute points that you'd like to tell our uh, listening audience or prospective authors, anything to do with cover design that you'd like to share before we sign off?
2: Well, I would just like to share, again, that that your cover designer is should be a trusted friend and someone who is working very closely with you, and when you're qualifying cover designers, keep that in mind. Notice how long it takes them to respond to your request for a quote, and notice how they treat you on the phone in the initial interview. Um, If they sound impatient or they don't get back to you in a reasonable amount of time, that could be a danger signal. Uh, it, It could be indicative of the kind of service you're going to receive. So in addition to price, just also remember that there's a person involved, and the two of you need to connect in
0: order to come up with the best possible cover design. You know, the connection is so important, uh, but it's so important. Again, Michelle, your website is dot 1106design.com. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show tonight, talking to us. I know that the listeners have are probably going just really doing a lot of thinking right now because you have given some very, very valuable information. And um, we hope to uh, have you again sometime, and thank you, and just really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Oh, well,
2: it's been a wonderful opportunity. I very much appreciate it, and I thank you for having me on the show tonight, Victor and Irene.
1: You're quite welcome. And uh, like to remind our listeners, we've been talking to you Michelle DiFilippo on Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can hear us every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We'll be back on the air Thursday, January 25th, 2007, when our topic is Writing for Children versus Writing for Adults. And our special guest who will be joining us is Lila Guzman. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press.
0: And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson of Austin, Texas, signing off.
1: For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.